episode 120 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. And once people see the video side of this, it's going to look a little different. <laughs> now, it's going to sound even more different because I'm in a lot more open space. I'm now in the studio. I'm in a temporary space till the audio room is all set up. But I'm just kind of like at a desk in the corner of one of the rooms. Camera pointed at me just till we uh, can actually get into a more official space with like big nice table and all that mess. But right. we got internet installed, a few walls painted, things are coming along, shampooing the <laughs> floors, the whole shebang. So Very cool. I'm thinking probably two months realistically to where things are looking more like a set and right. so, yeah yeah so that's it's a cool idea man yeah seems like it's coming together pretty well so far so but in the meantime i'm just trying to think of a layout to sort of do temporarily and i was just like hey let's put you in a little tv uh even though it looks more like a remote guest than a co-host but i think it also looks cool we'll we'll see but how's the week been not too bad man um I've had a lot of like trainings, meetings at work, staying after school, you know, stuff like that, which always sucks, especially because I work an hour away, as I've said in the past. So um, it's been rough, man. I've been tired, you know, but uh, as we'll talk about later, I have been using my switch a lot lately. So I don't know. I feel like I get these random bursts of like switch. I love my switch again. <laughs> you know, where I'm just bringing it with me everywhere. You go to use the bathroom, you bring it with you. You know, it's like, it's like that's that's the mode I'm in right now with Switch, which is awesome. I, I always think like when there's a new game that I want to play on Switch, I'm like, okay, Rudy, just do what you always do. And then I don't know if I'm not feeling the game or maybe I'm just not feeling like playing that much. I won't bring it with me everywhere. I won't have it while I'm waiting five minutes or something. But when I really get into a game, it's like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Exactly. It's the perfect system for that, man. So good. Me as well, which we'll get into why a little later in the show. But while we're beating around the bush of the Switch and all that, I was trying to think of a main topic, and we like to always praise Nintendo a little hard sure. on this show. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just actually discuss why we're <laughs> even into Nintendo, why we got to Nintendo, our history with them, of the history of Nintendo in general. Um, there's so many angles we could take this, but I figured we might as well start the show talking about this. So in the future, people just have a little more context of why we're of Nintendo's uh, booty hole as much as we are. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. So. Uh, I, I guess I could start here of, okay, Nintendo themselves right they've been around since the 1800s uh, sure. card games random toys stuff like that and then of course toys led into video games and at the time of video games starting it was just seeming like yet another toy of like kid playing with i don't think anyone was expecting in the 70s and 80s it was actually going to be a thing that people took seriously with in-depth stories that made you contemplate life for weeks after completing stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. it's turned into, you know, one of the mediums of a book film, you know, now we have video games. It's one of these channels and weirdly, like we've mentioned in prior episodes, video games have now overtaken the other industries of, where the most money is made, funny enough. So mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we see we see how Nintendo first party games sell. <laughs> it's like <laughs> totally ridiculous. Before Nintendo, video games were just in that state, right? Of right. I mean, even before Atari of just random, oh, here's a graphic we can manipulate on a screen kind of rudimentary things into like Pong, into Atari stuff of like, oh, here's Asteroids trying to get a high score, stuff like that. Um, Nintendo was the first time where (laughs) think more of like, oh, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, things that can actually tell stories on a box you can plug into a TV. Now, you could argue that like PC rudimentary stuff did it first, but you're talking thousands of people playing, let's say Ultima or something, compared right. to millions adopting a Nintendo. Right, right. It, it was a it was a way larger. I feel like they. I mean, it's no exaggeration to say they probably saved video games. Honestly, you know, there well, was so much. Going- yeah, before that, I mean, right? What you had that weird story with ET to where you just like mass landfill yeah. dumping. <laughs> And during that time, video games were considered like on the way out. So crazy. Arcades I still can't believe were dying. <laughs> uh, there wasn't really a need for a home console. No one really liked what was really there. It was just seeming like, okay, it was cool for about five to 10 years and then started to fall off. And it wasn't until the Nintendo that was like, no, this is a serious medium. And um, to where video games started to even become a thing. Now, right. We don't like Nintendo just based off of that fact alone, right? If they just started it, right, that would have been a cool story. And then we move on to other things. They're still around and they're still selling bigger than any other other guys. What? 40 years later. Yeah. And they are only getting more important as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean. I think a lot of people have become like disillusioned with Nintendo. They have like these thoughts about, man, they used to be so great and now they suck, right? I think you do have a lot of people like that. It's a shame too because they've made some of the best games that ever they've ever made ever in the last, you know, five years probably, you know? Think like, uh, or even go further, 10 years. Think like Mario Galaxy or um, Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey, Odyssey, uh, or Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, Breath of the Wild, obviously. Like, some of their best games out are are just coming out, you know? So, man, it's it's a good time to be a Nintendo fan right now, I'd say, you know? so I would say the only generation to where it was, like, felt, I don't know, mediocre is pretty much Wii U in terms of its library of, like, there were some Wii U games that I liked, don't get me wrong, but you're talking maybe five to ten games total by Nintendo to where any other system from NES, SNES, N64, GameCube, Wii, uh, Switch in the moment, right? Like, you could probably list 30 gigantic Nintendo hits that changed the industry kind of talk. To be fair to the Wii U, listen... We all understand the Wii U was marketed the wrong way. Didn't yeah. have the right hardware. There was a bunch of problems with it, right? But I will say there were some damn good games on that system um, that I really enjoyed. And the whole idea of what the Wii U did and playing remote like that, I'm sorry, but they really made it a Without really... that, we wouldn't have even gotten the Switch. Yeah. It, 
exactly they really made it a novel idea you know like a wow if i could get this maybe be you know not 20 feet away but maybe hey, wherever i want and a smaller yeah. f- form factor and and so on and they did it and i i know there's people out there who say man i hope the next system they make is not like the switch like a portable thing i think that would be the biggest mistake that they could make at this point and don't get me wrong i would love a cool high-powered nintendo system but the portability is just such a great idea for them. I don't know. It just works so well, you know? So Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so that's that's Nintendo as just a scope of a company. Now, my love, right? The first video game I remember playing, and I think it just actually was, was just the original Super Mario Brothers. Uh, really little. Two or three years old, not being able to jump over the first little hole on the first level kind of <laughs> situation there. But it's, I mean, that bled into so many grand adventures that I had on that original Nintendo. And like I was saying before, like it wasn't just trying to get a high score. You could actually tell stories in these Nintendo games to where that was not a theme prior. Right. right, and then of course right. it expanded and got even greater going forward with them. Um, Super Nintendo literally just being a super version of the original Nintendo in every possible way, um, and a lot of those same games. Like if I mentioned Dragon Quest, if you see what you could uh, tell in terms of story and the scope and the towns and going to different lands and all of that on the super nintendo compared to the original nintendo it's a big drastic thing but without that original nintendo that could have never happened and without that none of this like you know like the original playstation making all of these crazy jrpgs that is my favorite genre of all time again you really have to think nintendo even creating stuff like that and uh, right. it's 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 all funneling um, any anything you could possibly think of of what a video game does that you may like, whether it's just fun to play, whether it's trying to tell a story. It, it, Ninja Gaiden, like you know, that was like one of the first games that had like cutscenes. You know, uh, right? You could you could point it back to that because. Without that, you you would just be having a bunch of people trying to figure out how it works. Same with like 3D gaming, right? Without that Mario 64 and that Ocarina of Time, everyone would be scratching their heads how to exactly control in a 3D environment. And it took a lot of masterminds to figure it out. And it's Nintendo we thank for this. Right. I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I think it's very easy for people to discount that nowadays. It's just not fair sometimes, you know? Nintendo will come out with a new IP, and they'll be like, that looks dumb. And then they'll come out with a game that's a known quantity, like Mario or Zelda. Well, they've done that a million times. It's just like, they can't win, you know? Yeah, It's it's, uh, just the same way that people say that there's like a Nintendo bias. I think it goes both ways. Do I think that some people think a Nintendo game's gonna be good because it's Nintendo? Sure, there's probably some people who do that. But do I also think some people immediately won't play a Nintendo game because of Nintendo game. Yeah, I also think that's true. So yeah, I mean, get both uh, sides of it. people could give a bias towards a PlayStation or a Nintendo based oh, off yeah. of them having a long history. And I could see some people doing that, but in no way can that be the reason why they're as big as they are is because a bunch of people ride the coattails of their past. 
No, yeah, obviously they still make great, amazing content. Right. Or they wouldn't be in the space. Like, Nintendo gets <laughs> games that are rated that are rated poorly. It happens. You yeah. know, it's just a bunch of them are not because they're good games. I just don't understand how, you know, I don't know, Elden Ring or Baldur's Gate 3 could have a high, high 90-something Metacritic score and it's valid. But then Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild or Tears Kingdom, it's not valid. It's just silly. Well, remember when Breath of the Wild came out and a lot of people were saying that they took a lot of inspiration and copies of Dark Souls and stuff? And right. then from software was like, what are you talking about? We are copying. Yeah, we Nintendo. got it from Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then yeah, and yeah. then look at look at how Elden Ring, you know, look at what they did. They really they definitely yeah. took some ideas. Um of course from Breath of the Wild. A hundred percent. They yeah. made it an open world, but they made it a, a very free open world where you can paint your own map kinda and prior you know, to Breath the- of the Wild, we were in the mind state of a Ubisoft game of Right. Question mark, question mark, yes. tower, tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the sign, yep. here's the sign, go find it and fill out your map. This game, Breath of the Wild, is like, no, you find the stuff. We ain't telling you anything, right? And yep. Elden Ring took that exact same formula and it's a formula I love. I want to explore it. I don't want you to tell me what's there. You know, yep. so yep. so even today in the current generation, Nintendo is still coming out with brand new ideas that the rest of the industry copy. It's not just a history thing. It's not just they once were great. Now they're just doing the same old stuff. Without Breath of the Wild, you're not having an Elven yeah, agree. <laughs> and that is this generation, you know. So it's it's and and let's pivot into this of like this is what we hear the most when it comes to Nintendo is is exactly what I was just saying. It's a lot of oh, well that's the past. They were great at one time and we need to talk on what is Nintendo doing even now that is still bringing value to the video game industry as a whole right so we talk breath of the wild and all those ideas which lead into elden ring and games being like okay when odyssey right sasuke odyssey came out they were like hey why don't we just uh activate an option that a player can turn on to where it's more of a discovery instead of telling us where the stuff is right and a lot of people really like that from that without zelda that wouldn't have happened you start to finally have games go down this route and uh, so, so it was a really big evolution for the change of the industry. Now, could you think of something else in recent time that Nintendo has done that a lot of people are taking into grasping? Um, I'm trying to think of even um, a simple premise like a WarioWare of like, sure. here's a bunch of rapid fire mini game stuff at you. You don't know what to expect. See if you can get through it all. That's what leads into all of these games of like uh, you that trombone game that recently was popping off and a lot of people oh, really like right without warrior where you wouldn't have that or that no, I don't think so that pizza tower game that recently came out it's taking from uh, warrior land on how you go through the levels and how the functions work there so there's still games being made from Nintendo ideas in really clever ways that wouldn't be made otherwise. Um, so this next system I'm imagining is coming out next year. 
I mean, I put a lot of money on it. There's just far too many things pointing at this point. Um, we now have a portable system. I can think of a big one. Steam Deck. Without oh, yeah. Switch, oh, for sure. I don't think there's a Steam Deck. I don't. It, people didn't realize how badly they loved playing portable, but it not being a necessarily portable experience of like, oh, I could play cute little games on this device, like a Game Boy or from a 3DS to a PSP to a Vita, but they're far more dumbed down experiences. This is like, yes, it may not be 4K60, but this is genuinely game experiences that you have in the current day being able to play on the go, right? And then from that leads into the Steam Deck of like, okay, well now I can play my PC games in the way of Nintendo with its Switch. Um, so that's already a big industry-changing thing. And now you have the Asus Rock. Now you have all of these handheld devices that are really popping off because of that Switch as well. So there's another oh, yeah. thing that Nintendo has basically changed the video game industry because of their ideas. So I don't think they're running out of ideas. And no. It's all a history thing. Not at all. I, I, I think if that were the case, they wouldn't come up with it. They always come up with new ideas, and people always trash them for it at first. You know, it's like it always happens. I think that you're right. There be there would totally be no Steam Deck without the Switch because they see the demand for it, right? And then there would that there wouldn't even be that PlayStation Portal, even though it's not, even though it's not exactly what you would expect. They, I guarantee, they looked at the Switch and thought, okay, we need to do something. Um, something VR is. Because of the Wii, weirdly enough, because of the motion controls with the remote, that led into PlayStation making those PlayStation Move controllers, which led into them playing a VR space where like, oh, we can have these controllers sort of like a num, uh, nunchuck and Wiimote sort of thing. And giving that premise of how controllers would work in a VR space, I don't think if we would have had the Wii, we wouldn't have been able to have nearly as great of a VR experience that we have today. We would still be, what, holding some sort of traditional controller or who knows where we would be without the Wii release. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So there's so many things you can point at of Nintendo making something and people, oh, now I understand how this can work and we can use this with a different piece of tech to get what we want out of it. But without Nintendo creating it, we wouldn't be where we are on all of these different uh, parts within the industry. So I, and I'm just spitballing off of my mind. I'm sure if I really sat down here, you know, for a few days and really try to catalog everything Nintendo revolutionized, it would be a lot. I mean, you're talking trigger buttons, Nintendo, you're talking rumble, Nintendo. I don't know. There's so many things I could come up with to where without Nintendo, we, we would be what 20 years behind of where we would be today. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. They've been such an instrumental part of the uh, the video game industry, and they're still going. I don't think there's any stopping from them anytime soon. So, unfortunately, the people who've been saying that they're going to be out of business for the last, I don't know, 25 years <laughs> um, probably have, have some uh, other weekend, you know? So. Their sales have never been greater, you know? It's I'm so glad they're still around. I'm so glad they're making awesome games. And we'll talk, we'll talk about um, at least one of them I'll, I'll talk about later. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I guess that'll do it outside of... Yeah. I really think with this next Switch, they're holding off on all the big stuff. Like, 
I guarantee you when we get that Switch 2, whatever they call it, Super Switch, that's what I'm hoping for. I want the Super Nintendo Switch. <laughs> That'd be cool. But um, Metro Prime 4, I'm seeing that right on day one reveal. A Metro Prime 4 finally getting past just not a logo. Um, and I'm expecting the next 3D Mario because the last was Odyssey. That came in 2017. You're right. talking oh, wow. six years since then. I guarantee you that thing is boiling hot right now. Oh, I'm sure. Ready to be shown at any moment. So um, that, those two things are alone is going to be incredibly exciting. Agreed. Yeah. No, I can't wait. I can't wait to get more info about it, you know? Oh. Yep. Uh, I'm going to... Hold on. Okay. But yeah, that'll uh, do it on the Nintendo bandwagon. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the news. This first thing here, um, dothack.com has a counter on it, 127 days and 22 hours, 33 minutes and 20 seconds is whenever I snapped the screenshot here about, I found this out about two or three minutes ago. Super hyped because I have all of the dothack stuff on PS2 and the last three parts, so it was like original four games, and then they released three more after the fact based off of .hack Roots, which was like a, another anime in the same sphere of .hack, just sort of later into the future. And then the original .hack, you had like four games based around the original anime. Well, it was one of the first animes I really got into, and I just love the premise of Basically, if you watch Sword Art Online, they pretty much took a lot of stuff from Dot Hack. Of uh, you have this MMO that everyone's playing, and the anime is basically based off of people going into a VR game of it called the World and playing this MMO. And the anime takes place of the characters inside of the video game, and then there'll be little segments always referencing of like their other person in the real world as they're playing. And they may show little snips of the real world outside of the game or whatever. Now, that was way back PS2 days. If this is, we got three games that were remade and we got a fourth part to that that came out on PS4. And so we got, and then, which is really cool because we ended up getting a new part to an old PS2 game using the same engine or whatever and assets. So I thought that was really neat. It's like if you have Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask and they just randomly released a third one in that exact same environment many years later. So I thought that was really neat. But we got this countdown here of 127 days. It could be the original four parts being remade, which if that's the case, I'm super, super hyped. Or it could be a new game, which I'd be super, super hyped. So either direction they go, I'm stoked. Now, what if it's not a video game, right? It could be, oh, just a new anime series based around the IP. If it is, I'm also all about that. Uh, I watch, because there's technically three animes. There's the original Dot Hack. There's Legend of the Twilight Bracelet which is like weirdly like a kid version, but it doesn't, um, it feels a lot more adult. It, it, it's weird. It's like, it's definitely catered towards kids, 
But if adults watched it, it's like a, if you were to watch, like, let's say, Hey Arnold or something of like, there's a lot of things that adults can pull from and enjoy, even though it's catered towards kids, kind of level there. And sure. then they came out with Dot Hack Roots, like I said, which is my favorite of the three. Um, so if they did a whole new anime, I'd be super stoked. And again, it's been decades since we've really gotten anything, at least two from this uh, IP and of anything new. Um, but I will take remake, I'll take new, I'll take uh, remaster, whatever you got me. I'm just super stoked to see this and finding this out today. Uh, and I'm super excited to see what this may be. So I'm just stoked yep. in general. That's, very, that. that's really cool. That's good yeah. news. Which I just feel I'm living in this like, at least in the video game space or uh, media space, anything that we possibly were always wanting, they're just thrown at us constantly. It's just like, I cannot believe how much good stuff we're currently getting. And my mind just constantly blown by that. This is something I would never expect to see. But after getting so many crazy announcements of like, oh, Final Fantasy Remake, uh, all of this mess, it's like, I'm feeling weirdly oversaturated by how much I could possibly want. It's just all just coming true of just like anything that I was wishing could be a possibility years later. It's just weirdly happening. And uh, I couldn't be any more excited. And I'm going to keep uh, being in this hype train because uh, why not? So yeah. there's that. And then um, you can get this next one here. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Starfield was the best selling game in the US last month. Video game analyst group Circana has released its September 2023 US video game market highlights. And in it, the company reveals that developer Bethesda Game Studio Starfield was the best-selling game last month, which is the month at launch. And after just six weeks on the mar market, Starfield is already the seventh best-selling game of the year. That's good news. Glad to hear that. Well, nice I think this uh, is gigantic news on the levels of Game Pass. So it's the game amount Pass, right. of stories of like, <sighs> if it's on Game Pass, you can say bye to video game sales, right? But right. people are still buying anyway. You sure. have, well, I, I think the last number we got was like 26 million subscribers, something around in that realm. We don't uh, know a current number. The last I saw was like last year of that. Let's say it just went all the way down to 20 million somehow. Um, you already have 20 million people being able to just actively play uh, whatever on Xbox or PC through the Game Pass and you still sell a number one sold game for the month. And if you look further into this, it's already number six as top sold of the year. And so anyone basically saying it's killing the video game industry, uh, there's going to be no more like actual game sales. Everyone's just going to sub for like a month or two play whatever drop out um i don't know i think just this crushes any game pass talk of it's somehow hurting sales because if a game is good enough people are going to want it regardless game pass or not it's going to sell because i would understand if maybe we're in like the beginnings of game pass but game pass is now four or five years while, huh? old yeah. at this point so I can't think 
I can't really think of anything on the other side of what somebody may say as like to defeat this um, stance that I'm having of wouldn't this kill any any talk on Game Pass destroying game sales if you have a game releasing that well as long as people want it and it's good enough right it's still yep. gonna sell regardless it's on Game Pass or not I just think that just point blank proves that and uh, so I just had to also mention that but top 10 best selling games of September this is pretty interesting Starfield number one like we said Mortal Kombat one EA Sports FC 24, which soccer's gigantic, but it also is a new franchise, so maybe people aren't really trusting it that much, but still for Starfield and Mortal Kombat to outsell um, EA Sports FC 24. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Because that just came out. Um, Madden NFL 24 at number four, Payday 3 at number five, another Game Pass game, by the way. Yep. NBA 2K24, The Crew Motorfest. This I wasn't expecting. I don't think anyone cared about The Crew, but I guess no. they do. <clears throat> uh, Armor Core 6, let's go. Top 10. I was happy, I was happy to see that. I was just <laughs> kind of surprised. Like, I didn't think it was going to be selling as much as it is, but it's doing pretty well. Yeah, so, I mean, not only is it not a Soulsborne game, right? Um... It's complete new IP from some from software, but now they're just that big that people are still buying it because I don't think if it was just the IP that it right. would be in the top ten. I, I, I agree with you. A big part of that is it being from from software, and uh, I think the from software is what gets people in the door, and then they saw how actually good it was. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But happy to see that there. Number eight, number nine, Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy still in the top 10. And of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, number 10. And then here are the top 10 best selling games of 2023 year to date Hogwarts Legacy, number one. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, digital sales not included, number two. Physical alone, number two. That's insane. Uh, I feel if digital was a part of that, it would easily be number one, right? Anyway, Madden NFL 24, number three, Diablo 4, number four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, number five, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, number six. Sorry, one, two, three, four, five. So, yeah, Starfield, number seven. My bad. Mortal Kombat 1, number eight, Resident Evil 4 remake, number nine. MLB The Show 23. Digital sales not included. Number 10. So that's where the current state of uh, sales numbers are. And uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the the start, or excuse me, the whole shakeup of these is really quite interesting, honestly. I really didn't expect Armored Core would be as high as it is. I didn't expect I mean, even even the Starfield thing kind of surprised me because it's on, you know, being on Game Pass and everything. Um, Resident Evil 4, do you think that has anything to do with the DLC, maybe? Well, this is year to day. So... Oh, it's year to day. I didn't even catch that. Okay, that's the bottom one. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 
if it was the DLC popping off hard, maybe it'd be in the top 10 of like September or anything. That's not September. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, yeah. total of the year, which is awesome that no, Resident Evil 4 yeah. is in the top 10 total of the year. And and Zelda not having the digital sales included, that's funny because that would definitely probably yeah. be even higher. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, I mean, I still think it was a great a experience. Um, sold a bunch and a lot of people don't really talk about it too much, but clearly a lot of people are still buying and playing it. And um, I genuinely thought it was a great time. And I still yeah, want to go back and finish it out, to be honest. I didn't even complete it just because we just got smashed, dude. Like, it's so much stuff, and I don't know what to do. But uh, so many good yep. things. So that's it. Uh, you can go ahead and take this right. next one. So next up, Halo Infinite. Remember that game? <laughs> I, I'm about about to jump back on. This season is getting me really yeah. excited. And oh, I, cool. I haven't played it since, you know, like maybe two or three months out. And then I sort of stopped, and I was like, let me just wait a while and have a bunch of stuff build up before I jump back in. And I think, yeah, it's, I, I I think still, it's about time I jump back in. Yeah, I still jump in here and there. I'll play here and there with friends. But um, <clears throat> their Season 5 of Halo Infinite is here. Uh, season 5 is called Reckoning. It brings with it a vast amount of new content, two new maps, Halo 4's Extraction Mode Reimagine, multi-core helmets, a new 50-tier premium battle pass that never expires, alongside two operations, flood theme customizations, the Bandit Evo, and more. Also featured in this update is next game changing evolution. Excuse me, game changing evolution of Forge. Players are now able to populate their maps with friends and foes from the Halo Infinite campaign UNSC. Banished and Forerunner units can now be used to create your very own PVE experiences. It's a lot to take in, and we've just gotten started. Let's get you a full debrief. New maps. Um, let's see, Forbidden and Prism. Forbidden takes place um, within a vast complex of ancient stones, ruins on Zeta Halo. Prism delves into the crystalline caves of the Subin, the so-called blood moon of ooh, Sanghelios, as a battle in the sky rages between the Arbiter Sword of Sanghelios and Atriox's banished forces. All right, two new maps. That sounds cool. Extraction. Oh, I used to play this in Halo 5. This was a fun game. A fun game mode, I should say. Extraction is an objective-based game mode that was first introduced in Halo 4, and now this beloved mode has a new coat of paint with the latest UNSC and personal AI tech in Halo Infinite. Deploy extraction sites at different locations on the map to score points. Protect the site as it counts down to capture. The enemy team can convert and extract it for themselves. Yeah, I Multi agree. I helmet. do like this mode. And yes. uh, this is the first time we're getting PvE in Halo, which is super exciting. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I, and I love PvE. firefight stuff, I think, is around the corner, they're saying, too. But, yeah, keep going here. Okay, and then finally... Um, multi-core helmets have arrived in season five. We have made adjustments to every helmet in Halo Infinite, which means that all helmets in the game are available on all armor cores. That's cool. We can't wait to see what combinations you come up with. And as customization flexibility becomes more expansive than ever. Uh, we got a bunch of Forge updates. I'm not going to read every single one, but just know that they're really working hard on Forge and adding a ton of stuff. All different variants of enemies, grunts, jackals, skimmers, elites, brutes, hunters, marines, bosses. Um, well, it, it's all based around up until this point, there wasn't PvE. Now that there right. is, it's a bunch of PvE stuff being able to make and force. So now people can not only make maps, but now they can make PvE element maps to where, like, you join somebody's map, you can do a lot of co-op stuff of taking down enemies where you couldn't before. So that's the point of all of that. So. Yep. Yep. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll give them props, you know. They've been working hard on this, and they still have Firefight, King of the Hill. Coming later in Season 5 is Firefight, King of the Hill, a new take on the classic mode where four players must capture and defend hills against an onslaught of banished forces. That does sound like a really cool mode. So, you know, First of all, I love King of the Hill, and the only thing that would make it better is, like, all of us working together trying to... We got to definitely try that when when that drops, because that sounds really cool. But in general, I mean, I already, like, re-downloaded it on my Xbox and my PC. And I'm definitely going to be jumping on it. I even downloaded it on my work PC here at the studio, just so I could also play it here with any downtime while I'm waiting for this or that. So, I'm yep. hyped. Yep. I, I'm I more just excited in general, like, not just this new content of, like, I have, like, three seasons of content that I haven't seen any of this stuff. When Forge came out... I, like, dipped in it for, like, half a second. I was like, oh, cool, SpongeBob map and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, and now I'm sure there's a lot of, like, really genuinely great created levels that people have now. And I really want to just dive into a lot of the more popular created stuff. Yeah, I'm stoked about that, so. Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely got to play (laughs) that when when it drops because Firefight was so much fun. I mean, I yeah. had a blast with that back in the day, so. All right, you can take this next one. Okay. PlayStation-owned company hit with layoffs. The PlayStation support studios reportedly hit with a wave of layoffs, seeing several senior employees affected. Visual Arts Studio faces layoffs as several senior designers depart, highlighting the impact of support studios in popular game production. Key members, including former Ubisoft designer Daniel Bellamere, Confirm the departure from Visual Arts Group. Um, Basically getting into a large trend of from Epic to CD Projekt Red. A lot of companies are starting to cut a lot of employees. And I think it's more to do with a lot of hires took place during the COVID things of making remote jobs. And there's a lot of people of like, hey, you know, let's keep doing with this remote thing. And But there's also just as many on the flip side of the coin being like, well, let's get a lot of people back into office and try to find more of a fine balance between the two. And I'm assuming because of that, they're starting to figure out, okay, we don't need this many people here. We need more people here, all of that. That's where I'm thinking all of these recent layoffs are coming due to. It's just the fact that we're... Um, going back to now being in office spaces again. Not everyone, and hopefully we can find like a good clean balance of remote and office because I think there's pros and cons to it all. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. It's just, you know, it sucks whenever you see these layoffs, but sometimes it's like, what? it's the nature of the beast, I guess, you know? Yep. All right, next up, this caught my attention because, man, just the title is kind of very interesting to me. New PS5 horror game looks like classic Resident Evil meets Final Fantasy VII. I was like, what? I don't even know what the, that means, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means either, but it just intrigued <laughs> me. Uh, British studio SFB Games, known for games like Snipper Clips, which I really did love that game. Totally yes. different than what this sounds like. Yeah. Is releasing its first full-fledged horror experience called Crow Country, which has a retro Resident Evil vibe. The game is set in rural Atlanta and follows Mara Forrest as she searches for her disappeared owner of a theme park, uncovering mysteries and secrets along the way. 
Crow Country will offer a classic survival horror experience, but also include a combat-free exploration mode for those looking for a more relaxed interactive story. It is currently confirmed for PC and PlayStation consoles. Now, I wonder where is the meets Final Fantasy VII part coming in, you know? That's what I'm not sure of here. Let me see if I can... See if I can find some gameplay or Yeah, I want to see if there's anything. Survival horror now, new PS5 game. Uh, I see why they say Final Fantasy. I found a screenshot of it, and it looks, it looks like, actually here. I... Your audio cut? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. It honestly looks, I'm going to send you a video right now. It honestly looks like you're playing Final Fantasy VII. It looks a lot like it, but I guess the horror vibes is where they get the Resident Evil in, but interesting let's see here first of all that music sounds very final oh yeah. okay okay it has the 3d polygon right. final fantasy 7 look to the environments the characters it looks right. very pulled from final fantasy 7 i think this could be cool though if they pull it off could be cool Huh. But yeah, they have those like weird uh blocky arms feet like things. But I don't know. It's it's so funny because it looks so dumb just if like nobody's <laughs> nobody's like into the game, they just see it from the outside, they're like, Yeah, it looks like crap. But right. somehow we're now just nostalgic for it. Right, right. And, uh, I I like it, and I know full well it's just because of my Final Fantasy VII bias, <laughs> and I don't care. I accept it. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that looks neat. It does. It does. It looks interesting. So. Nintendo Switch Two update may hint at backwards compatibility. Nintendo Switch is rumored success may be backward compatible, potentially allowing players to carry over their eShop library and accounts. First of all, I definitely believe that Nintendo themselves have already said more than once that uh, accounts will be carrying over into the future. So, um, Nintendo's decision to reuse accounts could smooth out the transition between consoles and could be similar to how PlayStation Store operates back to compatibility. But there's no official updates yet. Nintendo adoption ideas from industry peers. Exciting thing. Yeah, it's just yet another person seeing a lot of back-end things of like, yeah, it looks like they're carrying over the account stuff into the new system. And because of that, there's a good chance you're still going to be able to just access your library on this new system. Now, yep. so, I believe it. Let's see. Yeah, it's not it's not like a huge story, but I thought it was interesting to um, get that confirmation, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they finally nail the bringing your library over. Like, come on. Because we have yet to actually really have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, from yeah. Wii U, it didn't didn't all carry over. And, um, I mean, PS5, we got PS4 to go to PS5. The Switch is still technically the PS4 gen, right? So, we can't say they're doing any better or worse than any other company, right? Because it's not like with PS4, we got PS3 stuff um with x well i guess xbox is doing the best in this department because you can play if you owned a game oh, yeah, on og xbox 360 xbox one you can play all of those on the new system so 
that's probably the only company where they've got it figured out. Now, it's not every game, but it's enough. And it's every important game, you know, so. Yep, yep, agreed. And hold back on the comments. I'm sure there's some weird, weird weird-ass fucking original Xbox game you love that doesn't play on it. I can't go, Okay. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) all All right right. next up lords of the fallen the most important and ambitious game in publisher ci games history um hexwork so like launched on october 13th on pc playstation 5 and xbox series x and s with a myriad of performance issues number of patches later and lords of the fallen is in a better place uh the most recent patch makes big improvements to the game with a further patch due october 26th that reactivates crossplay between pc and consoles lords of the fallen is the most important ambitious game we've developed in our 20-year history and the first in our new plan triple a pipeline of games in the years ahead said ceo of ci games merrick Tominsky. to see this fresh and innovative take on the action rpg achieve 1 million sales in just 10 days has been humbling for everybody at hexworks and ci games i mean that is that's impressive um thank you to all the lamp bearers out there who have embarked on their okay hold on i gotta call them out for a second here it's kind of funny how they say the thank you to the late bears. I feel like that's totally like a from soft day. Every one of the games are always thanks for all the chosen undead. Thanks for yeah, all the, the tarnished, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for the thanks for all. Thank you to all the land bears out there who have embarked on their journeys across Mornstead, fearlessly traversing the lands of the living and dead. That's Saul Gascon, head of studio at Hexworks. We're incredibly grateful to the passionate Lords of the Fallen community for their invaluable feedback and ongoing support. It's their unwavering dedication that has made this success possible. We couldn't be prouder to share it with them. In IGN's Lord of the Fallen review, we said, Lords of the Fallen is a great Souls-like, and its killer new idea of swapping between two versions of the world to solve puzzles and slay enemies is an excellent twist to set it apart from the pack. The concept is unfortunately hamstrung by numerous highly annoying technical issues and weak boss fights, but awesome explorable areas and fantastic build crafting more than make up for these shortcomings. This is a game I'll probably get on sale at some point. I do want to play it um, eventually. It looks cool. So it looks like a better version of the first one there for sure. So this is like almost there and like Liza P is like 98% there. Right, um, but... If I'm saying between the two, I'm telling you really should play Liza P. Um, if you're going to play this, this type of game that where it's not actually from, from software, but it's the closest thing to it. But this is cool on the level of, I think, a link between worlds of going between the two to sort of figure out whatever, like puzzles, fighting this or that or whatever. So that's a pretty neat thing there. But uh, yeah, I'm happy yep. for their success though. Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. agreed. Lies and P also, I think, just hit over a hundred million, not a uh, hundred million, <laughs> just hit over a million cells. Which is also gigantic, and also was on Game Pass. So, yep, yep. Um, I think I think I'm like sold in my mind at least. I don't care if people agree with me or not. I I think a game will sell regardless, as long as it's good, whether it's on Game Pass or not. So, yeah, yeah. But um, speaking of, I mean, this would be a good one for Microsoft to be like, wait a few months. You know, pay a little, not a lot, get it up over there, and uh, right. me try it that way. Otherwise, you know, I can snag it on like a twenty, thirty dollars sale. But um, before I even think about it, I need to finish Liza P. And apparently, yeah. the ending of Liza P is batch crazy, and I really am now just like, fuck, I got, I want to play through it, but I'm so stuck on like. 
I need to finish Starfield, and every time I try to, which we'll get into, but every time I try to, I just keep falling into these rabbit holes of like, no, this is far too interesting. I don't need to be just not doing it just so I can beat the game. Because I'm still going to want to do this quest line right, anyway. Lot, yeah. So it's like, so I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I uh, I totally get that. <laughs> that happens to me so many times. I got pretty far in Final Fantasy 16. I stopped to play some other games, but it's on my mind still. I'll go back to it. So I get it. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Netflix hikes its oh, premium Netflix. tier prices yet again. This time I, I it's mean, how, they're like abusing me now. Like, <laughs> how, I'm going to keep paying them and they keep hiking it up. Like, what are you doing, Netflix? Dude, Why? I canceled Netflix, but then thing in the world like i'm not gonna not watch castlevania nocturne i'm like well three seven and then now uh, i'm way into this one piece rabbit hole which is the smartest thing for netflix to jump on because there's a thousand episodes so i'm guessing just off one piece alone i'm gonna have it for the next 10 fucking years so there's that Oh, it's just $23? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Man? I'm I'm about to cave. I know, and they want this. They want people to cave and be like, fuck it, I'm going to pay for the $12 and just fucking have the ads. I can't pay this $23 anymore. I That's like what they want. That's what they want. They have, want people right. to just watch ads again. And I don't I want to have the top oh. tier for the 4K on my TV. I know, I, mean, I know. Man, I don't like, want 1080, dude. Come on. No, me neither. Like, come on, man. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I can lower it to the 1080 and just see what it looks like. See if like yeah, yeah I don't know. Like a it's video just... game, I could. There's no way. Like if I have a 4K or 1080 option, I'm choosing 1080. I'm losing so many visual fidelity. Oh yeah. When it comes to like trying to get an environment that I'm playing in. But if I'm just passively, just as long as I can tell what's going on in the story and the character, whatever. Maybe maybe 1080 is fine for Netflix. Maybe you know. Maybe I can cave there. No, I just, I don't want to pay 23 a month. That's insane. It's so much money. That's insane. Just, that's like ridiculous. I don't know. That's like uh, I, I was gonna say half the cable bill, but no, the cable bill eventually went up to like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month, and towards the end there, where people are like, eh, I'm over it. But um. I don't know. I can't. I can't do it because that's the only things. Is like okay, I finished Castlevania, so the only other thing that I'm really watching on there is this One Piece, and I guess I could just watch it elsewhere, pay something else, and maybe I will just drop Netflix again because I don't know what else. I mean, what are you watching on Netflix? Um, I, it's more of my kids, right? So I, de I def don't get me wrong. I definitely use it lately. My wife and I have been watching a lot of trashy television, like. Like reality TV stuff um, that we just we're taking what, a break from what, like what our was series. It? Uh, Love is blind. Love is uh, blind. Yeah. We we watched that. <laughs> we watched this show called The Ultimatum. It's like the most ridiculous premises. They're so dumb, but I don't know. We just can't get enough of it. You know, we'll always watch serious shows, and then every so often we'll go on like a reality show binge, and that's where we're at right now. So <laughs> now, what do you think is the best in terms of like what they offer compared to price and all that? I think HBO Max is dumb. As of like them switching to just Max, and yeah. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But in terms of their content and what you pay, I think that is the sweetest spot you could possibly have. The best one. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. agree. And I, I get it with my phone plan. 
so I'm not paying for that one outright. <laughs> Me but, too. I um, get it with my AT and T. So yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that was a smart move by them, honestly, because <laughs> I I love that. I think HBO is. Oh, sorry, Max. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, why fantastic. would they even ditch why the would they name of HBO? HBO the that's most... what everyone knows. I don't understand <laughs> that. That it's, makes no yeah, sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, listen, don't get me wrong. I definitely don't hate Netflix, though. I really like Netflix. There's a lot of things I love watching there. I just think the price is absurd. Um, but think so, about Rudy. I think you can, I think you can, what sounds to me, you could drop it. If you're just watching a bunch of bullshit, uh, you could drop it's, it. That's right now. But honestly, aside <laughs> outside of that, we do watch a lot of other stuff. But you're, you're right. I could probably get away with it and jump in here and there. But who knows, man? I'll have to, I'll have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> um, All right. All right, next up, Ghost Runner 2, which I was really interested in. This. It's just, I'm being realistic. I have too many games, but it is something that's on my radar. Uh, so IGN gave it a 90%. Ghost Runner 2 is an electric sequel that supercharges everything that was great about the original and elevates it to a whole new level. The lightning fast, skill heavy, one hit kill combat is as exciting as ever, packed with even more tricks that give you plenty of new options to approach every scenario. The parkour also remains as smooth as silk, and some of the new motorcycle sequences are among the most exhilarating moments I've had all year. Those who didn't vibe with the intense, reflex-heavy gameplay of the first Ghost Runner probably won't be swayed by any of these improvements. But if the original was up your alley, I can't imagine a better sequel than this. That's awesome. That I mean, that's high praise. That makes me yeah. really want to play this. Um, it, I it was really awesome. didn't play the original Ghost Runner. I'm sure it's great, I, um, but I just never did. You ever play? You ever play this game, Katana Zero? I mean, I'm well aware of like what it is. Like, it's it's yeah. your it's basically. It's what like took, Super what took Boy, from yeah. Ghost Runner is that game Neon White. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's it's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so um uh Katana Zero was a 2D game where you're like, you know, you're this um this swordsman, it's like a really good story, and every level is like a you're kind of get mapping through out the level of like, okay, let me take this enemy down, then this one, yeah, yeah, do that. yeah, exactly, exactly like that, right? And it was really, it was a great game, very good. And to me, Ghost Runner is the 3D version of that game, that's really how I feel about it. I think it's the perfect, um, perfect way to describe it, you know. So, I played the first one, I never beat it, but I did like the first one a lot, and uh, this one sounds like it's way better, so. Okay. Yeah, Game Informer gave it an 85. With Ghost Runner 2 behind me, I'm thrilled more of this series exists. Even after rolling credits, I'm excited to tear through its levels once more to find collectibles like sword and glove skins and old world artifacts like VHS tapes and try my hand some more at the delectably simple roguelite minigame. Though Ghost Runner 2 falters in a few ways, like its more open-ended sections and superfluous wingsuit, what remains in the hours outside of those missteps is its best in-class parkour action, and like its predecessor, it remains a damn treat. And finally, I, I got Noisy Pixel, Ghost Runner 2 embodies the epitome of a well-executed sequel. It doesn't overshadow its precursor. Instead, it leverages the original as the foundation for expansion and enhancement. The world building and character development represent a significant leap in quality, and the unwavering pace of action propels it into a class of its own. The introduction of new abilities, expanded non-linear level design, and refined movement mechanics render this game a must-play for those looking to hone their 3D platforming skills. So yeah, definitely high praise, man. It sounds really good. So um, something I'll definitely want to play eventually, you know? Yeah, I do. I do. So, you know, let's just both get into the most important item here. Well, yes, yes. You want to? I, I was going to say most important, but now I'm kind of taking it back because what's better? <laughs> like, what's more important here? Uh, Super Mario Wonder. I was going to say Cocoon. Dude, I finished right. it. You know, right. I actually really badly want to talk about Cocoon as well. All right, we could, we yeah. could, uh, we could knock out. Anyway, we'll talk about it. But 
Super Mario Wonder. That is that. That's the more important here. And yes, yes. Oh my God. Um, I oh, so much fun. I'm in World Two, but not really because. Oh, first of all, I'm getting annoyed in the greatest of ways. I'm trying okay. to get all the fucking wonder seeds. Save here, save here. God damn it. <laughs> I, I told you, I knew this was going to happen. I knew I couldn't just, like, it's so bad. I can't just play Mario. I, I finished the world <sighs> one, and then I start looking. I press R, and I start looking at my I can't. Collection. I can't beat a level, and there just be a missing one. No, seed. no, I'm no. I'm like, no. nope, and, free play. I took it one step further. After I finished, like, four or five levels, I was like, Oh no, the little flag insert is blank. Now I gotta right? get the top of the flag for each of them. So <laughs> I ended up successfully getting well, just for everyone who's listening to know, there are Dude. three purple coins in each level, you know, carefully hidden most times. There's a wonder seed that you find in the level. You, you have to find the wonder flower. It could be a number of different ways. Fall down a random um tube or uh you know, jump at the right time, whatever. It's just usually hidden. You find the wonder flower. That takes Dude, you to we're, we're pretty early on, and these seeds are way harder than I, I thought they, they would be. Definitely, they are definitely hidden. Are. Wow. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like, when, oh god. The thing I love is when you when you do find the wonder flower and you get to the the area where the wonder seed is, it's so trippy. It's like right? either it's the amazing. Screen, either the graphics are all crazy, or the music gets wacky, or all of a sudden you have uh, zero gravity, or there's one level where you're stretched like ten feet tall. <laughs> it's just the weirdest stuff, and I love it. And anyway, you get through the sequence, you get the wonder seed. When you get to the end of the level, you always get a second wonder seed, and even some levels even have three wonder seeds. Yeah, sometimes yeah. another exit, and so. What I did is I did all of the first Oh, which, which the other right. exit could lead to a whole other chain of these yes, levels yes, you yes, couldn't yes. access otherwise. <laughs> so you really do. Like, I'm not even just like, okay, Wonder Seeds so I can get a little completion on the thing. Right. You actually get genuine rewards from these Wonder Seeds. They're very they pivotal to be getting. So I'm like, I can't, I can't ignore them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and <laughs> what I ended up doing was I ended up getting the three purple coins in each level in World 1 as well as the Wonder Seeds in each level. And then two new things I want to talk about in this game. Again, me always talking about Nintendo's always reinventing itself, and they really did not let me down here. So first of all, I think they did an excellent job of including the little challenge levels, right? They don't yeah, feel yeah. they don't feel so quick that you're like... Ooh, dude, do you know okay, what it is like? Uh, Kirby. Um, yes, yes. Kirby and uh, Forgotten Land. Yes. Forgotten Land? Yes, yes, they that's, have that's, those that's trials. Great, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, that's a great yeah, comparison. Yeah. So Kirby had the trials right where you had like one sole focus in the mario levels it is similar but they're kind of expansive levels they're not they're not 10 seconds you know they could you could be in there for two or three minutes it's a little yes, longer yes. um so i love that those are sprinkled in there whenever i get to a new world i like to do those first they're just kind of like a warm-up now um, one of the ones that i was stuck on for a while is there is um on the map itself, you can find a secret on the map in the second world that go, you go into a tunnel and it leads into some like more like hardcore levels. And a part of that is like a hardcore time trial thing. You have to defeat all the enemies and get through all three tiers within 70 seconds. Did you do oh, I've this? I've seen one? those. I've, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I did. I don't know if I did that one in particular, but I have seen that happen a few times. There was one very, in the water. Very, very hard. One. They're very and, uh, challenging. Yeah, um, yeah. But aside from that, right? Aside from your your normal, very creative, very fun levels, right? Then you have those those side levels that I pointed out, <clears throat> and then you have what I think is really cool is 
they give you an incentive for wanting to be a completionist. You get more badges. You, sometimes you would come across a shop that has badges, and the badges are such a cool part of the game. You find these badges. I think there's like 20-something of them total, and they all do different things. Uh, some of the badges, I'm sure we've both gotten. There's one where you can press R in midair, and you'll pull out his hat and sort of yeah, glide down. Yeah, that's the first one. Super, yeah. super useful. I love that one. Um, there's one I found that uh, whenever you go into a new level, there's random blocks that will appear in spots that are maybe hard to get to. Um, there's one where when you're running, you run super fast. And when you run off of a ledge, you'll continue to run for a few feet. And then before it stops working, there's so many cool little badges. And I think it's, they've never in what, 30 years of Mario, they've never done anything like this. And I think it's yeah. such a great twist on the formula, you know? So you take all these new things, you throw it in, and then you put in there the perfected gameplay of a Mario game. And man, you have the yourself feel a really of the control. Game. Oh, feels so good. Dude, it is. I mean, it feels exactly like Super Mario World. Like, cause yep. new Super Mario Bros, like, the feel was there, but I don't know. It just somehow feels better than any of those new Super Mario Bros game and just the way the control stuff, like, the right. characters. I agree. I now, agree. all the characters that you pick, they don't have special attributes. I was a little disappointed, but once I, I started playing, it made total sense. Now, I get it. You would kind of need that to be the case because... Now you can mess with upgrades with the characters because if each character had their own quirks to them, like, oh, Princess Peach floats or Luigi jumps weird and all that mess, I don't know how you would have the badges on top of that. Um, unless you created individual badges for each character, and now you're going to have to create, like, what, 120 of them or something? Uh, so I, I, I don't know. It, it I, bugs get me why out. They, I, I get why they chose. Okay. I understand, but it really bugs me out. I played as Mario. I'm like, oh, man, can't wait to try Peach or whoever. I don't remember <laughs> what, which character I went to. And then they're all the same. I'm like, okay, Toad? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Luigi? No. Well, what's going on here, man? So that definitely bummed me out. I think they could have found a way around it. That, you know, but um, I don't I, know. I'm more disappointed on the fact of I can't play Yoshi because if I play Yoshi, it's baby mode. And right, just right. Like, that's, no, that, I want to play Yoshi. That's where I'm annoyed. But I wish there was a way to turn it off the baby mode. You know. <laughs> now I guarantee you, there's many, many people in our boat, and I might have to replay this thing in emulation with mods because I guarantee you, right now yeah. there probably already is a mod to allow you being able to play Yoshi without the baby mode. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. somebody's no, got to create that. So. Um, um but this i mean this game dude it's 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 so fun there's so many layers now on top of it i mean i it's been so long of just new sumar bro you're, you're talking Wii, yeah. like yeah. and then before that you're it was super nintendo was the last one we got we didn't get a 2d on n64 gamecube it took all the way to Wii to we got a 2d game no uh ds technically and then a year later or two Wii. But then you go this whole time frame of just nothing but the same thing, slightly tweaked, basically. Uh, you know, like, okay, maybe I can give it more credit than that. But you know what I mean. I'm so sick of them by the end of it. And it's finally just like, thank God we finally got a new 2D Mario experience, basically since the Super Nintendo. And there's so many amazing things. I can nitpick, you know, like character whatever badges I'm, I'm trying to think outside of 
character complaints. Is there anything? I mean, I love the map system. When you're like choosing oh, oh, yeah. the levels, there's actually Agreed. secrets up in there. And They've really done a good job with yeah, that. Yeah. I'm very curious when we beat this, if there's going to be some like secret extra worlds or something like that. I mean, there always is, right? So you they're always, assume. they always, always do it. And yeah. you know what? I usually go in first, play the <clears> game, <throat> find the stuff. And then, I, and then I, as I start getting towards the end, I'll start looking everything up. Like, okay, how do I get the secret world? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. Also, this game takes place in the flower kingdom. Any game prior was always mushroom kingdom, right? Mushroom kingdom. Yep. So now they have an excuse where now we finally get a whole bunch of new enemy variety which is great. You know, we're not seeing the same 10 enemies like we've seen in every other Mario game because we're in a whole nother kingdom. And then it makes me wonder of like, okay, well, if you have mushroom and you have flower, what would be next? Like star, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like Mario Kart, right? You have like (laughs) mushroom, what, leaf? I guess you could have like a... Leaf Kingdom? I don't know. (laughs) I just um I'm really I'm really enjoying playing through the world, then going back and cleaning up the things I miss. And it's great. It's just so much fun. I I don't feel like I'm doing a chore. It just feels fun the whole time. I'm not tired of it at all. Incredibly fresh and just yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I think it's a great game. We'll definitely have more to say on that. Mm -hmm. Now and next, yeah. By the way, I will say Cocoon totally caught me off guard. I think you just mentioned it. I looked up some screenshots. Yeah, I mean, and this was like, <laughs> I played two hours of it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah dude, this game's awesome. I now, <laughs> I've now had it completed, and I even right. more just like, whoa, that was yeah, incredible same experience. I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. I was yeah. like, this game is fantastic. Man, where to start? Well, first of all, I've learned that a few of the people from Playdead worked on this game, which makes total sense to me. Yeah. That that's awesome. Those guys know what they're doing. This to me was the game that Somerville should have been, where yeah, I saw yeah. Somerville and I thought, oh man, it's gonna be another good one. And it was very mediocre. This game is fantastic. Wow, what a game. It's mind-blowing to me that they made all these puzzles work without any like no stumbles. I, I just don't understand how they pulled this off. I thought Inception the movie was confusing. Oh, they yeah. took that movie and made it look dumb. This I don't <laughs> this game is so like Wait, what? The oh, it's fuck? it's out. There. It's very very <laughs> smart game. Um, I don't even want to spoil it because I I don't want to ruin it. I for know. Him, I, I wanted say, to say something so bad of like the inception I, I, levels of like um how I'll can just, we I'll how just, can well how can we let me let me throw let me throw something out there that I don't think is a spoiler. So okay, I will say that it's obvious from looking at the trails and stuff that yes, there's some level of going into these orbs. Right, we know that. Right, you you delve into the orbs. You have to do puzzles. Whatever. Yeah, but it went somewhere I was not I know, expecting. I know. What what I thought <laughs> was totally mind-blowing is how, and I'm being careful here, is how they find a way to subvert your expectations multiple times. Where it's like, oh, well, if I do if I do a, uh, one plus one, I'm going to get two. And it's like, no, one plus one equals seven right now. I'm like, it's like you, you use I'm your... I'm trying to think of how to word it where we would know what we're talking about without the so, audience. All right, maybe, maybe this could help. Like the game is super logical. It, the game never doesn't make sense. But towards the end, it took me about a minute, like five minutes to understand what just happened and why I ended up where I ended up. Okay. Sometimes I would, that's, you know what I mean? Okay, we're good. Yeah. And like that, that's, what I like, want, that's what I want to give the biggest praise to this game is towards yeah. the end when you realize you're oh in a space God. you didn't understand you were in. Right, right, right. That, and, and we'll and leave the way, it there. 
<laughs> the way they use the different orbs, and then there's like areas. The way that they have the little I forgot what they're called, the little like transporters where you can end up in and you have yes. to unlock them. Yes. The way they started using that was blowing my mind where I would yeah. like do something and end up right there. I'm like, hold on a sec. And then it would all click in my head. I'm like, hold on a sec. If I drop the orb here, but then I use this, then I'll end up here where the orb is like, what? Yes. Like, I, I don't yes, know. It yes, was yes, the yes. game is super cool. I think everyone <laughs> should play it. I did, I will admit, I'm usually really good at puzzle games, but I was really wanting to finish this game so I could play the new games. So I did look things up once or twice, like puzzles I got stuck on for a while. I'm like, okay, I gave this a fair I shot. I looked up Let me just get a little two nudge. puzzles, and they were both of like, I know it needs to be done, right? but I right. don't know how to do it, and it's driving me insane. Right, I, right, I, right. I know, I know this thing needs to go right here. How the do I do this? And it always ended up being something dumb of like, oh, I didn't realize I could drop a ball as I'm jumping. Right? Something yep. like that. That That's yep. a thing. So people hearing this, no, there's mechanics like, what? Yeah. that the game does. Well, the game doesn't. That, that is a good, that is a good point. I, I got stuck on the same one that you did where I didn't know you could drop it midair, for example. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, so the game, I think it could do a little better job in those aspects, but overall, Man, what a smart game! I, I'm I'm just blown away that they were able to pull this off and everything works right. It's just crazy. But yeah, fantastic game. I think it's totally worth playing. It, it only took me about four or five hours. I want to say maybe five hours, something like that. Okay. Um, so I think it's a hundred percent worth playing. You can easily squeeze it in and get it if you can. I would recommend getting on a portable system because I just feel like it's so good for that. It, the game does look super beautiful on on your PC or console, or whatever. Yeah, but I ended um, up playing it more on portable. Yeah, 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 I think it's it's a perfect game for Portal. Is this game out on Switch? Yes. Oh, perfect. It's okay. Switch, Switch and Deck? Xbox platforms and PC. Switch, it's just, Switch or it's just Deck? not PlayStation. Perfect. Oh, I think one of those two would be absolutely perfect yeah, for this yeah, game. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. Okay. I was going to get into Starfield. All I wanted to say was I finished the whole campaign of the... Um, one of the factions and it ended incredibly well super happy with it did a lot of twists i was not expecting and um i just want to throw more praise to starfield because i'm still playing it constantly i'm still just thinking like i don't know how and why people are not seeing the greatness of this game but this has taken me back to like i said in a prior episode of like I'm in. I'm fully in. I'm fully immersed. It's taken me back to whenever it was like 2001, 2002, playing Morrowind of like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now. Right. And uh, how great this game is. So Spider-Man 2. I mean, did you play? Did you start? I, I Oh, didn't. my God. I knew. I knew I was forgetting something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me add that in. So I played only about maybe an hour of Spider-Man. I played with my son because he really wanted to see it. He loves Spider-Man. Um, so I played with him. And I think the first hour is really cool. Very, very cool intro. It kind of gave me like God of War, uh, Ragnarok vibes. Not that they're similar games, but in the sense of there's a really explosive start to the game. You know, it's like pulls okay. you right in, which I thought was really cool. Um, the game felt great. Just swinging around the city again. felt awesome. Um, you get the wingsuit really early. But I don't like the wingsuit. It doesn't feel like Spider-Man to me that I can just indefinitely float in the air. That's really weird to me, you mm. know? So um, 
I just continue doing the swinging. The game now, granted, I'm only an hour in. Just a yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. So far, I think it's a really good game, but I don't feel like it's that different yet at all. Which it doesn't necessarily have to be, but I hope to see some cool new stuff that maybe I wasn't expecting. The switching between Miles and, and Peter is pretty cool. I, I mean, like that idea. that's exactly what I'm expecting to its pros and cons of like almost like. God of War 2 and almost like Horizon 2 of like uh-huh. I'm expecting the same you know like improvements of course but I'm not going to be wowed by like I'm not jumping from new Super Mario Bros. U to Super Mario Wonder and being like whoa look at the difference here you know um, you know like uh, Cocoon when you look at previous um, from like limbo to inside to cocoon, there's such gigantic differences. And you know, is that unfair to expect a company to just completely reinvent what they priorly did? I don't know. I don't know. That's a genuinely good question because it's like, okay, yeah. think of like the top franchises of like, okay, a Final Fantasy, they do reinvent every time and make a gigantic difference. Um, yep. Halo, they really do. Like between Halo One to Halo Two was such a gigantic jump, and then Halo Three a gigantic jump. Like I don't, oh, yeah. I'm maybe we maybe we should expect a bigger jump. I I that would be a really interesting conversation to have at some yeah. point of like yeah. yep. what sh- where should our expectations be when it comes to a sequel to a big game series? You know, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm I'm like, I'm definitely going to buy it. I'm definitely going to play it the very moment I finish this and that. But I'm not like jumping at the gun of it because I played a similar experience already. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. And it's um, it's a weird it's a weird one. I have to play more to see how I feel about it. You know, so far I like it, obviously. But I got to see if... um. It will be enough because I've played plenty of games where the second game is very similar, but it ends up being fantastic. You know, like God of War Ragnarok was one of those games, but I got to yeah, see. Yeah, that's it, my um, problem with God of War Ragnarok is like, well, right, it's right, right. A, little, a lot too much of the same. The same with Horizon. I was like, eh. but I'm trying to think of um, what's a non PlayStation IP to where like something similar. Yeah, maybe Splatoon two. Did they or three? Because it's still a maybe. good game, but. Maybe three to two, because one to two was gigantic, and then okay. three. Yeah, I would say Splatoon three. But and again, it's not not any. I don't uh, know because it's a multiplayer shooter. It's very. It's like even 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 Smash Bros. Ult. Oh, what was it called? Smash Bros. for Wii U to Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's like, yeah, there were changes made. I I am a huge. I Smash separate Bros. in my mind multiplayer from single player experiences i really do because if it is a multiplayer experience let's say halo multiplayer right i don't want it to deviate too much from me because i want that multiplayer experience but just a little better Mm -hmm. i don't want that from single player experiences i do i do think there's a good separation to have there um same with any other multiplayer like call of duty like i i think they're going strong because they are like it's not drastically different experience whenever you're playing like the multiplayer. Um, 
Let's try to think of one that isn't multiplayer, that isn't PlayStation. Because multiplayer, I think, is very different realm. I, I actually want it to be kind of similar when it comes to multiplayer. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of it, you can think any any Nintendo franchise. I mean, like, I mean, maybe the new Super Mario Bros. Breath game. of the Wild, the Tears of the Kingdom is so vastly okay, different. That's, they are extremely different, but I could totally see someone feeling like it's very similar. There's not even crafting in the original, though, and the whole right. Tears of the Kingdom is nothing but crafting. I don't. I think right, that's right, way right. too big of a difference. Um. I really can't think of one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but if it was multiplayer, like I would I would want it to be close. Yep. Yep. I don't know. That's just that's a that's it's an, uh, interesting, it's an interesting discussion, but I'm gonna keep playing it. I like right. it so far. We'll see. Yeah. Um it, it, I mean is that why I'm carrying less and less on PlayStation is because of that? Is it because I'm like, I feel I've already had these experiences last gen? Could be. It's totally reasonable. All right. New game watch, and we'll get out of here. Battle Cakes, PC, October 26th. Dave the Diver, Switch, October 26th. Frog Detective, The Entire Mystery, all platforms, October 26th. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord, October 26th. PlayStation VR and Quest. Ghost Runner 2, October 26th. All platforms, but Switch. Uh, Minico Night Market, all platforms but Switch, October 26th. World of Horror, all platforms but Xbox, October 26th, or PC. Alan Wake 2. So, I just bought Alan Wake Remastered. I played Alan Wake when it originally came out. I hardly remember it. It was on sale for nine bucks. For the remastered, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna snag that up. And I want to try to, I want to almost stop everything I'm doing, finish Alan Wake because I actually badly want to play the sequel. And I also want to then go back and finish Control. I, I, I want to just deviate everything because Remedy is so cool and weird. And I was so, I'm, I'm, I'm so into their universe. That I'm like, I really just want to play this Alan Wake remastered. Go back, play Control, and then play this Alan Wake 2 and just make a whole thing out of it. But Alan Wake 2 comes out in like three days. Maybe I don't have yeah. to play Control. I don't know. It's just that DLC is the problem. I don't know how it connects. Maybe I can just look it up and watch how it connects. Uh, because I know no. the, the main game doesn't even have any Alan Wake stuff in it, right? It's just that DLC bit that connects it. So yeah, maybe yeah. I can just maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just finish I, I'd Alan love Wake, to play, jump into two. I'd love to play Alan Wake sometimes so I can play two as well because they look really cool. I just uh same thing I always say, just gotta get through all these games. <laughs> anyway, EA Sports UFC five, PlayStation, Xbox Series X and S, October twenty-seventh. Here's the cool weird bit here. Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 4 remake are coming to iOS. Because the new phone um, is somehow able to run these games, which is pretty interesting. But at the same time, on a prior episode, I was like, well, is it really? Because technically, these are like, as long the fact that it's hidden PS4 graphics, the PS4 is, what, 10 years old at this point? 
So it doesn't, yep. it's not too crazy, but it's still really cool that we can even get the graphics on a, on a mobile device. I'm not going to play it on my phone, but anyway, sure. Resident Evil Village and its expansion, October 30th on iOS. Um, Juicent, PlayStation, Xbox Series X and S and PC, October 31st. The Forest Cathedral, PlayStation 5, October 31st. Alien, Hominoid, Invasion, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One Switch, PC, November 1st. Now, this was an Xbox 360 live arcade game. Like, uh, it was that summer of arcade game way back in the day when they had those, where they would pop off with all those, like, indie arcade things over the summer or something like that. Anyway, and it was a big hit at that time. Is this a new one? I'm curious what that is. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. Song of Nunu, a legend of a League of Legends story, all platforms November 1st. Played up all platforms, but PC November 2nd. Robocop Rogue City, all platforms November 2nd. Star Ocean, the second story R. This is the one I am jumping on out of all of these outside of Alan Wake 2. So it'll be Alan Wake 2 and Star Ocean, second story R. All platforms but Xbox, November 2nd. The Smurfs 2, Prisoner of the Green Stone, all platforms, November 2nd. The Talos Principle 2, all platforms, but, uh, uh, yeah, but Switch, November 2nd. Thirsty Suitors, all platforms, November 2nd. Vampire the Masquerade Justice, PlayStation VR 2, and Quest, November 2nd. And uh, that will do it. Alrighty. Well, I'm about to go play some Super Mario Wonder, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that it's as good as it is. Me too. Me too. I thought for a minute there, like, man, I hope it's not just... I was totally prepared. I didn't think this, but when it first was revealed, I totally was prepared for, like, okay, another 2D game. It'll be fun. But, man, I didn't think it would be like way more than that you know yeah. which i'm happy i was yeah that that's the case so yep all right guys until next week see you later